What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest, the best, the just ultimate gaming podcast. The best one on the internet, the Aussie Lair Games Cast. I'm your host, Carl Sinclair, joined, as always, by my co-host with the most, Jack Gibbs. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Happy Friday. How you doing, man? I am good. Happy Friday to you, man. Happy Friday to you. What a good Friday it is. Um, yeah, hey, how's your week been? It's been a good week. It's been a good week. I mean, you know, every week's designed to lead towards Friday, of course. Um, this week, true. no exception, no exception. But no, it has been a very big week. So, hopefully, hopefully, a chance to switch off over the weekend, play some games as usual, and um, relax. Absolutely. So, tell everybody, what have you been playing? You've been playing any games this week, or I have. I have. To? I can officially announce that I've hit level one hundred and ten on the Apex Battle Pass. So that was very exciting. My was goodness, a, now he doesn't have to play for a whole five days. He's got five days off. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be honest. I um, uh, Was it Wednesday night, Thursday night? It was one night this week after I'd done it, like the night after. And like, I w- I'm like, oh, I'll go play some Apex. And I'm like, you know what? Why? <laughs> like, like, I love the game, of course, but I'm like, I'm just going to be back next week. So I had a really good early night sleep Wednesday night. Mm. Which was which was nice, and then Thursday night, um, you bastards jumped on, so I was back. <laughs> Sorry, we apologise. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> so I let it slide. Um, but no, it's good. Thank I you. didn't know if I'd make one ten, and I did, so I got that. And then um, obviously uh, Wednesday, I think it is, we'll be we'll be back online for not only the new season but a new game mode as well. So oh, I think and I think exciting. the Apex train's stopping. Yeah, the, I don't know what it is, but like, I, I, Apex is having a really good year so far. Like, like I feel like um, I don't know what it is. Like, season seven, I came in at the end of it, and I and I wasn't really enjoying it. I don't think, and a lot of people weren't. Apparently, season seven was like universally not liked very much. But then season eight hit, and everybody started playing again, and we've met new people to play with, and there's there's always seems to be somebody to play with when you get online which is really really good so that's been really great not having to play with random people um but <laughs> yeah like true. season eight yeah season eight's been great and i'm at 108 on the battle pass which means i'm two away which i, I think i'm gonna hit 110 i'm actually super confident i'm gonna hit 110 um and i'm really surprised because i wasn't trying do you know what i mean like yeah I, yeah i think that's a credit to apex right is it's that I only started trying on my challenges for like the last two weeks because it was getting close to the end. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a few of these challenges. Going through and seeing how many I'd done shocked me. I was like, wow. So like the game is like, and the challenges aren't too easy. The game's just really good at making you try different things and figuring out different strategies to win games. And then... In a yeah. way, those challenges are there to reward you for doing that, which is very clever. That's a really good way of looking at it. I, I would say, like, you get, what, eight weekly challenges? I would say six mm. of them are accomplishable just by playing the game with a little bit of a, a diverse approach. And then, like, yeah. the last two, you sort of got to grind a little bit, which you got to have some grindy challenges, you know, get 50 yeah, exactly. kills with shotguns. If you're not a shotgun person, then that's that's a fucking grind and a half. So, yeah, um, absolutely. But if you, just, if you just put the hours in, you do... You know, you don't actually need to get every challenge, which is nice. I, I think it's a well-balanced, you know, it took them a couple of seasons to get it right. And, and it seems like they've been getting it right continuously with, yeah, the exception of season seven. 
Um, the, the big change for this season, though, is that the Kings Canyon returned. Yeah, and people were clamoring for that. I'm glad it was back because, like, I'm glad it was back because, one, it was the map I played before I left. I'd never played on World's End and I'd never played on Olympus. Mm. So coming back and having an area that I knew was really good for me because it didn't feel like I was being dropped completely unaware of what was going on. So that was good. But also, like, there was Olympus, which I'd never played on before, which was an interesting map. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't hate it. Um, I'm excited... I'm excited to play it with the changes that are coming to it this new season, the legacy season. Um, but yeah, like just having Kings Canyon was great. Everyone was hyped about Kings Canyon, so I felt good to get back into it. Plus, if you didn't like either map, it's it's just one hour, and then you rotate on to the next one, which was really really good. I, I agree. I think they nailed the nailed the nail there. Um, I, I can't think of what I'm saying, but sometimes it's an hour and a half, which which shits me when it's Olympus. Mm. I, I really don't like Olympus. Like, I, I get what they were going for, and I guess it's not that I hate it. It's just like you can't you can't you can't stand up against the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not that Olympus yeah. is necessarily terrible. It's just Kings Canyon is just so perfect. Um. I, I hope we see a smaller map, to be honest, eventually, than mm. all three. Because I, I feel yeah. like the meta's just become, you know, half the teams drop in one spot and the rest, and then and then it's a 10-team game. Yeah, well, by the time you're done looting your area, I feel like they're already saying half the squads are gone. Like, and you're exactly. only playing for, like, five minutes. I feel like that's a bit, yeah. Smaller map might be the way to go, or maybe just sort of... Maybe condensing like how much open space there is do you know what I mean like having a map with like smaller corridors and more bunkers more places like bunker and like like mm. have really tall caverns and stuff like that I think I that really could be agree. a way to do it I can't believe because they... can also have elevation yeah well like I like the elevation on Olympus but I can't believe they made the map I don't know if the map's actually bigger but just like the way it's so spread out and like firefights oh, are so massive yeah. and you know, it's all about sniping, which I love sniping. Do not, do not get me wrong, but the the action on Kings Canyon, it's it's they've really nailed that whole like um, uh, it's big enough that like third parties they happen, but there's still a bit of a walk between areas for a fight. But it's small yeah. enough that you're not fucking bored getting there. Um, yeah, very and true. I, yeah. I haven't looked into any analysis on Olympus, but I remember when well Dead came out, there was no, a lot of analysis around why it played the way it did and I remember one thing that's really stuck with me is you remember before the oh you don't remember because you didn't play it but you know like the ruined city in World's Edge that's sort of in the middle where the big crack is yeah yeah. so that used to be like a well intact city and that was the 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 biggest city on the map and that was also where like everyone went to die so and the reason for that is is that surrounding that city was balloons right like every direction you went there was balloons but there was no balloons in the city which meant you could fly into the city for a firefight like that, but you had to walk out. Mm. And mm. like Kings Canyon just didn't have that those sorts of problems. And honestly, they might not even be problems, but with a player cap of 60, you've got to be careful that you don't just wipe out half the game within three minutes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pretending like I know something. Um, I liked Kings Canyon. <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's fair yeah so no. the fact well, that Kings King- Canyon is going for the next season is very sad yeah I was gonna say it's yeah it's off again for another season and I honestly like that that throws me off the game a little bit like oh you know maybe it's time to try Warzone or something 
No, 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 no. Then they drop the arena mode. Which arena, yeah. His goalkeeper's busy. So basically, if, if anyone's not up to speed, it's a 3v3 multiplayer game mode. Um, and it plays a lot like uh, like a Counter-Strike in terms of like the round-based and shot-based and and uh, currency-based. So um, I think I think we're going to be playing some more Apex regardless of King's Canyon's absence. How, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm pretty hyped for it. Um, the so I think I'm gonna like Arena. The, so, so the one thing stressing me out about um, about um, them adding the Arena mode. So I'm super excited about Arena. I'm super excited to try it out. I think a three v three game mode is brilliant. I think uh, a quicker game mode is really brilliant. Gets you into fights quicker. You know what I mean? Everyone goes in on an even playing field. It's just literally about skill, not about what weapon you've got, which I think is really good. Super excited to play with Valkyrie. Have some issues with Valkyrie, but I really won't know until I start playing with Valkyrie whether or not these issues are founded. Here's my thing, though, is... Like I was saying about the challenges, not forcing you sort of to do any specific thing. You normally just get them done yeah. the way you want to get them done. With Arena now, I feel like it's going to either be... Like, I think it's going to make the challenges really good or really bad. So the thing that I hate about Call of Duty is when they do an event in Call of Duty now. So like the Outbreak event is a great example in Call of Duty where it re required you to do challenges not only in Cold War Zone, uh, in the Outbreak event, but also in Warzone. And they were kind of pushing you to do the Warzone stuff so you could unlock everything. Gross. Yeah. The one thing I'm stressing out about is I hope the challenges are literally literally stick to like 25 shotgun knockdowns, do this with Revenant, do this with Octane, and it's not get 25 shotgun knockdowns in Arena and get like get 50 knockdowns in um, just Battle Royale because I feel like that's going to piss some people off because there are going to be some people that may not enjoy Arena and I hope those people aren't going to start, you know... Oh, I can't! I can't finish my battle pass because I don't want to play arena, and these challenges require me to play arena and get more stars, blah blah blah, and all this other stuff. Do you I, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, and I hope not as well because a new game mode is enticing enough. You don't need to tie challenges mm. to it. Um, what I will say is, back in back when ranked launched, or or rather the first battle pass with ranked, I don't know how really what happened. The the original challenges included like play ten ranked games and all that sort of stuff. And I haven't seen that in a season since. So mm. they experimented with it. They stopped doing it with ranked. So I, I do hope that um, that they don't force you into playing one mode or another. I do wonder how the balancing will work because potentially you could get a lot more damage playing arena than battle royale. But potentially, yeah. you know, maybe not the way the meta goes. But well, you, I do wonder if there'll battle, be a multiplayer. In arena. For playing yeah, game. in arena you're guaranteed to verse someone though. Whereas in battle royale, you could be making a way across the map and just get sniped. Like that's it, your team's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here you're guaranteed to know you're going to run into three people, and you know that you're probably going to get some hits in. That's why I'm sort of like, I hope they don't split it too much down the middle mm. and try to make someone play one game mode over another. Because Apex's community is actually quite like unified. I've noticed being a part of it now, and and I'd hate to see it split. Like having an arena community and a, and a and a battle royale community, which would be pretty 
I just don't think splitting everybody up is the smart thing to do, which is why I believe that they don't let you pick a map. That's why I believe maps are on rotation because it keeps games going and it keeps everybody on the same playing field, which I think is fair. Yeah, do you know I, I mean? think it stops people from, like, you know, especially in OCE, like it stops people from sort of queuing one map only and, and mm. other lobbies falling apart. I'm all for the rotation. I think the big advantage Apex has over potentially other games is that even if you are just an arena person or just a battle royale person, you're still playing Apex because of the gameplay, the characters, the mechanics. Like, I don't, I don't think you could like, I don't think it'll rift the community in a sense like, oh, the battle royale people or oh, the arena people. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think there'll be any issues like that. Um, I just hope that, yeah, as you said, like the challenges don't sort of, um, you know, uh, push that on to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Hopefully, hmm. but I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be fun. Me too. Me too. What have you been playing this week, man? Uh, same as you, basically. Apex. Been playing a lot yep. of Apex, like heaps, like more than I should. Like to the point where I'll get on, and if nobody's online to play with, I'll drop solo because I'm not dropping <laughs> with randoms. And I've actually been having like. I feel like now this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like dropping solo has actually helped my game because I'm, I haven't got other people to rely on, which makes me more alert and more with it. So when I am playing with other people now, I feel like I'm more on sort of on my game, sort of looking in every direction rather than ju- just looking yeah. in the direction I'm looking, knowing two people are with me. You know what I mean? That's, that's I how like I sort um, of play. Like that's how I sort of like tried to get better at rocket league. Cause I'm like, if, if, if I'm shit by myself, well, I'm going to be a shit teammate. Mm. Yeah, so I, that's, I, yeah. I think and Apex, I, you can apply the same thing. You know, similar to StarCraft and a lot of games like that. You need to be able to cover your own ass. And I guess the big challenge in Apex is that you're versing three players, though. <laughs> it's not just a one v one. Yeah, well, the when I was streaming last night, I got on and, like, the stream started, started playing some Apex, and first game in was, like... Um, I was dropping in and everyone's like, oh, you're going to die straight away because I dropped in a high volume area. And um, yeah, I, I knocked out two teams on my own. Just all three kills were mine. I ended up with like six kills. Wow. Uh, two team wipes. Yeah. And I was like, and, and I knew there were two more teams in the area. But like chat said, leave leave no one's this lucky leave I'm like um, I think I'm gonna go for it and then I ran in there while these other two teams are fighting I think I, I think I secured another two kills but then died and I was like you're right I was greedy I shouldn't have done it but I feel like if I've been playing with a team I, I feel like like that would have been a win we would have taken out four teams you know what I mean I feel like we could have done it you know what I mean that's the thing like yeah playing solo is a really really good way of like um honing your skills I think and making you a better player for it which yeah. I quite appreciate well, one thing I used to apply is like um, you know especially in the early days there used to be a lot of worry around what guns you were carrying like everyone would always be like oh you know I need I need a carbine I need a 301 mm-hmm. or I need an R99 and, it's, and I've always been like why like why do you need an R99 like if, if you can't like if you, you gotta you gotta try using other guns like you're not gonna find an R99 in each game yeah, and, yeah. And, and that principle was like you just you just got to have a go and, and learn and you know you'll naturally get better and um, yeah I guess the one the playing solo will fucking do that to you yeah yeah uh, again on the weapons like that's another thing that I appreciate about Apex now is like and this is going to sound weird but even the Mozambique like it doesn't matter what gun I pick up 
I feel like I could do something with this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I can apply this. I can get a kill with this. I could do damage with this. I've it been was like the P2020 lately. The P2020 is actually a little machine and it's so accurate too. Like people yeah. don't pick it up because it's like, it's a single action machine. Like it's a single action handgun. It's not the machine pistol. It's not anything quick, but really it's a precision. It's a precision gun. Like it's, I, it's very good and it's so it quick. Over the um, RE45 and the alternator. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I agree. I, I definitely over the alternator. I, I don't hate the alternator, but I think it's like the one gun that I pick up that I'm like, all right, cool. When I find another gun, this is what I'm swapping. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, quite Which, often the alternator for me, again, not a bad gun, but it's usually just holding the attachments for me. Yeah, basically. It's a slower <laughs> R99. You know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's all it is. It's, I, it's I, I find R99. the alternator really good at hip firing, though, so it must have its strength. It must. Yeah, yeah. Well, the alternator actually has a higher win rate than the P2020, the RE45, and the R99. It's the highest win rate small, like, uh, light, light gun that isn't the R301. Wow, really? Really? Yeah, it's, it's got the highest I'm win rate. I'm surprised the R99 doesn't hold that. Yeah, I was shocked too. But yeah, the R99 is in second place behind the alternator. And then I think it goes P2020 and the RE45 out of like the light, like handgun, machine gun yeah, okay. pistol things is the one on the bottom. So yeah, and R301 is going to be top every time because that gun is just a fucking beast regardless. The second you get the like um, uh, anvil receiver on that thing, it's a fucking god gun and nothing can beat it. And if you find a gold one, holy fucking shit, that thing's oh, like a laser. Yeah. It's a laser beam. So yeah, that'll always be number one for light guns for sure. But like, even in positions where I like, I drop, I pick up a Mozambique and a Sentinel. At no point do I feel like, well, I'm fucked. I might say, oh, I got a bad loadout, but that's literally just it. Like if I'm heading into final circle, you don't want to head into final circle with that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? No, but like, no, no. If you drop in, you'll pick up anything. I mean, I might exactly. leave a charge rifle lying around or a Havoc, but mo- most guns are good to go. See, I think see, I I think charge rifles definitely down below. Um, if I was to like put guns in a tier, right? The charge rifles down the bottom, but the ch- like, okay, this is gonna sound weird. How I would do it is if I had a tier rank for apex weapons, I would have to do it on circle. Do you know what I mean? I think the charge rifle drop in pick up is a melting machine because everyone's on white shields or no shields. Because right. that shit will melt straight away. That'll melt white shields in one press and then melt health in a second. You try to take that into the final ring, everyone's jumping around, everyone's got red shields, it's fucking useless. But I think first rotation, drop in, pick up weapon, first fight, that thing's probably pretty good, but you change it out the second you're done killing that person in front of you. You do, you take whatever they had. I, I yeah, would do it's, it. It's weird. I would do it in a sense like if I was to pick up a charge rifle, useless. If anyone else on the map has a charge rifle, I'm hiding in the cave. Exactly. Yeah, some people are scary accurate with that shit. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is the gun that they pick up every single round. This is the only gun they know. They've never tried another gun. It's well, all charge rifle. Line around. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, that and a Mozam. Like, there are some people that are deadly with a Mozambique, and it's, and it's frightening. And now it's got a fourth round in the chamber. Wow. Oof. Oof. <laughs> and it can take a hop up oh man that's it's uh, Mozam cops from shit but it's like one of those like it's the April Fool's gun that they chuck on like a million damage you know what I mean it's like <laughs> it's 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 it's, a, it's fun it's a fun little weapon it's yeah especially with the hop up yeah 20 minutes of Apex I reckon we're becoming an Apex podcast oh man that's nothing wrong with that is there people love Apex what are you talking about no no which might need to uh, raise an Apex flag somewhere that's alright 
Gonna have to. Oh, Apex is fun. It's good to talk about. And it's it's had a lot of news in the last week, so it's like... Yeah, not much else has, so, so yeah, credit to them. Very smart marketing. Great time to drop it. Mm, definitely. Um, did we want to talk a little uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes, I do. So you've watched it. I have watched it. And I think we're about to spoil the fuck out of it. Yeah, so if you haven't... If you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you've been warned. Okay, so go watch it, come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Or skip <laughs> this bit and listen to the rest of the podcast, okay? We're, we're about to spoil the fuck out of it. All right, they're gone. All right, talk to me. What a great show. What, a, what an yes. incredible, amazing, pointless show. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm surprised that didn't like get a reaction out of you. No, 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 I, 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 I 100% agree to a point. Yeah, it, like we are so yeah. lucky it exists and I'm so yeah. grateful it exists and perfect timing in terms of world events. Like it, it was awesome to watch. I watched all in one night. I, I felt I, I like it was just was so well developed. Yet if you don't watch this show, <laughs> I don't think it would matter. True. True. Although that might change with um, some of the the black uh, the the broker the power broker um, stuff. Power broker. Yeah, that that might change down the track. But as of today, this show is not a re- not a re- not required reading, but very recommended. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? And I th- I think that sums it up great. And what I have to say is this: I think that. The fact that it is not required is what makes it so brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This I agree. this is for Marvel fans who love Marvel, who go into every film, watch every TV show, read every storybook, play every game. This is for them. It's not for anybody else. You're gonna go see Cap Vore and it's gonna have him as Captain America, and you're gonna go, Oh, of course. That's right. Steve gave him the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to question it and I think that's super good for the people that one, don't have Disney Plus and two, uh, only watch the films. That's the smartest way to do it and I, I can't say the same for WandaVision. WandaVision is required. That you feel, need to go feels like right you need now. to <laughs> WandaVision is so important going forward and a part of me sort of feels like they make Falcon and the Winter Soldier more important going forward but the thing is is WandaVision feels like required reading because they've said it's one season that's it there's not going to be another one whereas they've already come out and said Loki will probably get a season two and Falcon and the Winter Soldier will probably get a season two. Oh, okay that's interesting so the, these shows are going to become a bit like saga-ish on their own kind of yeah it's it- almost like WandaVision is the prequel to the next Doctor Strange movie, you know what I mean? It's bridging the gap between that part. Whereas, like, I feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the perfect prequel for whatever the next Cap movie, which was announced shortly after the last episode that we're getting a Cap for. And, like, Anthony Mackie was, like, at the supermarket and opened his phone and seen that Cap 4 was announced with him in it. And he's like, oh, they haven't told me that. That's that's cool. Really? I'll be I'll be yeah I'll be in that. <laughs> like, like he's so, he's so super down for it. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, like uh, is is this me or or is this Evans? I guess I'll show up and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like he seems like an awesome but, dude. Uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a big like not, strength like the, to the show. The character, sure, but the the actor. Yeah, yeah, the actor, and yeah. like that's just you can see someone's character in like I feel like when we watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
we're actually watching like Anthony Mackie. Do you know what I mean? It's not just Sam Wilson. We're watching watching him. Yeah, be uh, himself, and I like that. that. Yeah. The, but yeah, I yeah. What did you think about the plot? Um, you know, especially with um, oh, I can't remember names, but especially with the the shield being given to to somebody else um, uh. after after it was put in the museum. How do you feel about all that? Because I think I feel like it was risky. <laughs> I think that was like a stroke of kind of brilliance I think in Marvel's perspective doing that I think that was very smart to introduce so literally US Agent is one of those comic book characters that has a very big history and it's like he needs a lot of setup for his villain to work so to introduce him in a TV show and then actually set up the like I don't know if they're setting up Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts could be one or the other but they're setting up an evil Avengers team that's right. what they're doing. That like US Agent was a part of the Thunderbolts, and he he was also a part of. Um, oh, so he, so he's he'll be he'll be a bad person. Yes, US yeah. Agent. Like it was is sort of obvious, but like, like at the same time, I'm not up on all the comic stuff. Yeah, it's really good. So he has this sort of moment in the last episode where he kind of decides between whether or not to save the senators or beat up the flag smashers, and he sort of like throws the shield away, and he he tries to save the senators. But, like, he's in the comics. He's always been that guy who's on the edge. Sometimes he's a bad guy. Sometimes he's a hero. Nine times out of ten, US agent is just a dick. And he's probably going to be the leader of whatever this team ends up being. I think it's going to be a hybrid between Thunderbolts and Dark Avengers. So, the Dark Avengers was set up by Norman Osborn, who's a Spider-Man villain. But uh, at the time, he he donned his own suit of Iron Man armor called the Iron Patriot, and he led a team of evil Avengers against the good Avengers, and then they took over and became the normal Avengers because it was a whole big thing. Comic books, man, they do random shit. But the Thunderbolts is a, is a team of reformed supervillains who go on to become heroes. So whether or not they're setting up Dark Avengers that will eventually become Thunderbolts, which I think would be really cool, I think they might be setting up a sort of, like... Bad Avengers team to go up against new Avengers. So we've got a new cap. We also have a dark cap from this series. You know what I mean? You look mm. at um, you look at one division. We have one division, but we also have an evil vision. Do you know what I mean? We have Wanda who's now oh yeah true Scarlet Witch, but we also have a vision that's out there. We don't know where he's gone. Who was programmed to punch people up? He's all confused and he's left. Is he going to come back a hero? Or is he going to come back a villain? Or is he going to, you know, what's his story? Black Widow, we know Thunderbolt Ross is in it. Could this be them leading up to making him Red Hulk finally? We do know there's a She-Hulk movie on the way. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk still exists in the universe. We know he's going to show up. Like, it's, it's, they're setting up, they're setting up for something that could be like they're setting up for evil Avengers, young Avengers, and a brand new Avengers team. And I feel like the TV shows were the best, the best way to do that without having to take an hour out of a two-hour film to set up a new character. Do you know what I mean? We're at that point where we're kind of past origin films, and we're yeah. trying to just push push into 
big storylines that involve multiple characters across multiple movies and across multiple universes. So if they want to make the television shows origin stories, then I'm 100% down for that. But then again, we also have the movie Shang-Chi coming out very soon, which is an origin story for Shang-Chi. And that movie looks brilliant. And it looks like it's going to be its own self-contained thing, which I think is very cool. But yeah, and then we've got Eternals coming out. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier did a good job. And there's more important characters in that show than I think a lot of people realize as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think the consequences of the show won't necessarily be as pointless as I'm sort of saying. Um, you know, like you're saying, there's a lot of setup, but it's just the overarching story just was really self-contained. And and I, I, give, I, I give it points for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was it's done like so well. The, yeah, well, the entire story in itself really takes place over like a few days. So it's not like they had time to really call anybody else in to help them out. It was like. That is a problem with the MCU, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, we're, we're leaving for Germany. We're in Germany. We're back in America. Fuck, that was one day. Three episodes take place, what feels like over one day. And then, like, like it feels like John Walker was Captain America for the weekend. And then. Then they're like, no, 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 no. Hand over the shield, motherfucker. And then they take it away. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, oh, poor bastard. He might've been, a, might've been Captain America for a week tops, but like he was, he was, he was fucked up. But yeah, it's the issue that they didn't call anybody to help is kind of, um, kind of shitty. But then again, who, like who's Sam going to call? Maybe War Machine, who's probably still mourning the loss of his friend, you know? There's a lot There's a lot going on in that universe right now, and I feel like they need to build it back up again, so... Well, the thing about War Machine, uh, Rhodey, is that I don't think Sam's necessarily... Like, Rhodey seemed to know what was going on mm. with the shield. Yeah. So yeah. he's probably not too happy with him. Probably, but I mean... Rhodey may may have known what was going on and probably didn't want to say anything because at the end of the day, there's nothing Rhodey can do about it. Yeah. And there was probably no point pissing Sam off. It was probably, instead of saying, hey, just so you know, there's going to be a new Captain America, it probably made more sense to be like, hey, I knew, but there was nothing I can do about it and I didn't see the point in telling you because it was just going to piss you off. But like, yeah, mm. there's actually like, there's a lot of characters in here that are going to be really important going forward. Like... Torres, who was the the um, you know the army kid who was with Sam and Bucky at the yep. start, he's the new Falcon. Like he's actually the Falcon in the comics. Like he took over when Bucky oh. when yeah when Sam becomes Captain America, he becomes the new Falcon. Nice. And then there's U.S. Agent Bucky's in it. Sharon Carter, who they see. I I see. Here's my thing. I don't know if Sharon Carter's the power broker she does get referred to as the power broker but a part of me feels like that might just be a front like maybe there's somebody else because we don't know who she's talking to on the phone I feel like maybe that might be the real power broker and she might just be a front until they're ready to reveal the real one I just don't see them setting her up as a power broker makes like too much sense mm. but like if it is I'm, uh, that's fine that's cool um, then there was the character Val you know Val Oh, who makes God. who makes who makes John US agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the comics, she's known as Madame Hydra. <laughs> so basically, whatever's left of Hydra is building up to make a bad Avengers team, and John is member number one, a su- a new super soldier, Captain America type. So it's going to be really interesting to see how like the bad guys. 
have the super soldier and America has just the normal American dude, no, nothing special about him, just fighting for a country because he wants to sort of thing. So I feel like they're really setting that up very well. Like power corrupts absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. Hydra just never goes away, does it? No, cut off one head, man. Two more rise to take its place. It's true. It's true. It's it's just—it's always there, man. It's always there in the background. You know what I mean? I don't know if if the like I don't know if they're gonna go the Madam Hydra route. Then she might be part of a different organization. I hope it's Hydra because that would be super cool. But then again, it also makes everything that happened in Winter Soldier and Agents of Shield sort of. Well, you guys accomplished nothing, really. <laughs> you, uh, Agents of Shield is no longer canon, is it? See, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a real shame. What a great show! Um, it was a good show. I mean, they, they like. I wouldn't even say these shows are better than Agents of Shield. It's just the fact that they're part of the MCU that makes them better. I think. I think their production value is like they've oh, got the money behind obviously. them to make it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's why people are going to say it's better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the first Marvel TV show and sort of proved that it could work. Yeah. And it, it worked for a long time. And it was it was very... It was, it was always very self-contained. The movies affected the show more than the show affected the movies. Whereas mm. these TV shows are directly using movie characters and will have direct impact on the universe going forward. So I feel like Marvel's kind of like, all right, let's not let's not skirt the line anymore. Let's go full force or we don't go at all. And yeah, they've I just gone full that. force and they got balls for it. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think Captain America going forward, um, like Sam will still have the wings like he did yep. in the, on his suit? Yeah. Because yeah. that um, reveal was just a fucking beautiful... Oh, when he comes through the window, oh, I was going to say, what did you mate. think of the suit? Oh, just a shame Such it was the last suit. episode. Like, yeah. want some more of that, please? So that suit is one for one from the comic, wings and all. Oh, it is righto. a carbon copy. Nothing is different. It is exactly the same. And I fucking love it. I loved every single minute of him in that suit. From the fighting Bartrock the Leaper to the fucking going after the helicopter. The first half of the last episode is some of the best action I've ever seen. Like, in a Marvel movie. I'm not even kidding when I say that that last episode is some of the best MCU I've ever seen. Just from scene to scene, everyone's playing their part. The bit where fucking... Sam is like like the fight with Batrock is awesome. It's like, like Chris Evans' character. Uh, what's his name? Steve Rogers. I can't believe I forgot that. When Steve fought Batrock, that was cool. They did their thing. Something about this fight was kind of like it felt like more was on the line. Do you know what I mean? Like this was like this is Sam's chance to show people that he's just as good as Steve. Beats like beats Batrock, then flies off, tears the wings. Like the bit where he flies through the helicopter. Is one of my favorite bits in that episode. You know the bit where the door gets torn off? Yeah. And he just flies yeah. straight through. And the chick gets in the cockpit and starts like moves. Oh, it was so quick. It was so cool. It was so awesome. Uh, everything about it. Yeah, and then it's so the clever. S- like it, so good. And it sort of proved like, 
I mean, they can ride it however they want, but like it proved that like it's not just like a physical exercise either. Like he's also up to the the challenge in on like in an intellectual level. So I'm trying to absolutely. say, absolutely, I'm not absolutely. at any intellectual level. Fuck, I cannot talk tonight. Um, it was orchestrated so well though, and it really proved a lot of the points that it needed to prove. And and I like it's it's funny because they sort of tore with our hearts a little bit, like giving the shield to to John Walker. But yeah. but Sam Sam is is valued. You know what I mean? Like it's it just Absolutely. feels so good. Because I and, thought I was yeah. going to be a little bit like, oh, this is awesome. But I really miss Steve Rogers. But I do miss him. But like, I don't miss him because because there's a hole to fill anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And. See, here's the thing. People, like, IGN's review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is some of the fucking worst trash I've ever read. Because I feel like a lot, IGN's review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the biggest hunk of trash I've ever read. What? They are going into... They went into this show expecting it to be something it's not. Now, see, what people need to... The point of the show, right, it was about setting up you know, the Marvel universe going forward and all that stuff. But it was also, it was about so much. It was about race itself. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the biggest reasons he hands over that shield is because he's a black man. Do you know what I mean? Like that was his thing. Like he doesn't want to, it was, he doesn't want to put up with the headache of half the nation hating him just because of the color of his skin. He first needed to accept that fact himself before he was able to pick up the shield. And that was the thing. That was one of the driving forces with Isaiah Bradley, who is a Marvel... Like, he's from the comics. In the comics, there was an experiment done on soldiers, and they were all given super soldier serum, and half of them died off, and the other half um, were sent to die. But Isaiah broke out, put on a Captain America uniform, and went and saved them. And another thing you got to look at is, like, it's proved again that the fact that he the fact that Isaiah was a black man his actions were frowned upon you know what I mean he broke out he went and saved his friends he brought them home he was put in jail for 30 years what did Steve Rogers do the first time he he donned the Captain America outfit he broke off he went and saved his friends he brought them back and he was hailed a hero he was given a team he went and fought the war he was treated like a god Isaiah was put in prison. Like, if you really look at it from Sam's perspective, like, picking up that shield is probably the worst decision he could ever make. It's not until later on that he realizes that he needs to do it, not because people tell him no, but because he wants to fight for the country. He has a right to fight for the country, regardless of the color of his skin, regardless of whether or not he has super soldier serum. It's, 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 being Captain America is not about how strong you are. It's not about how, how, like, how many people you save. It's about having the heart to do what is necessary. And Sam's got it. John Walker doesn't. He doesn't. He has lived his life as a soldier. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, Dr. Erskine in the very first Captain America movie says, right, that the serum amplifies the things about people. It amplifies them, right? So good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. So when John Walker takes that serum, he goes from being a soldier who follows orders, a soldier who does whatever he can to win, a soldier who 
will sometimes bend the rules to somebody who is now a soldier that thinks he is the best thing in the world. He's the strongest guy in the world. He's a soldier that's had power, who now has more power, who's willing to do whatever it takes, which means killing people, which is something he does. He doesn't just bend the rules. He makes the rules now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you look at Sam, like they've, Sam in this, season, in this show was great. He goes after Carly. What does he do? He doesn't try to take her out or bring her down. He tries to talk to her. It was his job before he became the Falcon to talk to soldiers about what they experienced over, like in the war. He tries to talk her down, doesn't work. So he tries a different approach. He picks up the shield, he puts on the uniform, and he goes to stand in front of everybody and does what is necessary to win, which is tries to stop Carly without fighting her. Everybody else just tries to kill her, and she gets killed in the end, which is very, very sad. But like, he does the polar opposite to what everybody's doing but it will still achieve the same goal, just in a better way. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely well spoken, my friend. It's, it's, yeah, it's, people are gonna, people, like, IGN's looking at it from, like, it's very slow. Oh, like, they said episode five, super slow, but they still give it a nine. Of course five's slow. It's about him coming to the realization that he needs to be the one to take up the shield. Episode it's, five it's, was one of the most important episodes. And they give episode six a five, because it was, uh... It, it took too long to get to the ending. And I'm on the edge of my seat that whole time. Wow, it ended every way too quick. Of I would have loved another hour, please. Absolutely. Oh um, Absolutely. Carly was awesome, by the way. Yeah, she And was I great. love that she was... Like, her story and her being, quote-unquote, the villain was spawned out of the, the blip. Mm. I really, really yeah. like that. I like getting some yeah, background on how the world's dealing with the situation. Yeah, it was really good. Not well. They're not dealing with it well. No. <laughs> that's for sure. No, not at all. Yeah, no, that's wow. for sure. Um, that's a shame about IGN's review. I find that with a lot of um, a lot of reviews online, a lot of movie critic type stuff. You know, they they're too worried about like you know the pacing and things like that. It's like you know, the, like the story's good. Like I, I don't really care. It's paced. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why I've got it nine in the end. Alright. Yeah. We do have a couple of other things to talk about. Yeah. Um I wanted to just touch on the Halo Infinite PC news that was um announced I don't know if it was yesterday or today. I read it today. Um they put up a blog post on Halo Waypoint. Um I didn't read the whole thing uh yet, unfortunately, but I have read some summaries. And it looks like they are treating Halo Infinite on PC like a native release. Like, it's not just the Xbox game coming out on PC. Like, it's very much this is coming out on PC as well as Xbox, um, which is awesome. So it's got native support for things like triple key binding. So you can assign, for example, uh, let's say jump, you can assign it to three different places on your keyboard and mouse. Um, which might sound ridiculous to some people, I know, but um, double key binding is is highly used. Like, um, for example, I always have melee on my mouse and the keyboard because melee is such a, you know, you don't anticipate having the melee half the time because something just jumps out mm. in front of you. So having quick access to that is always very handy. Um, so that's one of the features they're doing. Uh, there's heaps of visual features they're adding and settings so that you can have super wide monitors and things like that uh fov sliders which are quite common 
Uh, becoming more common on console as well. I, I'm pretty sure the Xbox Series version of the game will have FOV sliders as well. Uh, field of view, that is. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to sort of touch on the fact that the PC experience has been treated pretty well because as much as all the Halo games are on PC now, it hasn't been a first-class citizen ever. This will be the first day and date Halo release on PC, except for maybe Halo Wars 2, but... Um, I think it's fair to say that Halo Wars is a totally different beast than Halo. Absolutely. Did you get a chance to see any of the screenshots they released for Halo Infinite? Today? Yeah. Uh, No, but I can. It's right in front of me. I was just looking at it. It looks like it's supporting cross-play and cross-progression, which is really, really cool. Um, Uh, Yeah, actually, actually, touching touching on that, Mm. a lot of news outlets reporting on that. Like it's news. Of course it's fucking got cross-play. Yeah, absolutely. I like the cross progression. <laughs> of course, oh, it yeah. does. <laughs> I find I just find that interesting. Like, was I the only person that thought it would? Like, quite weird. I mean, I guess I guess in a world where like the like crossplay doesn't surprise me, cross progression does. But um, yeah, crossplay doesn't surprise me. I think crossplay is going to be that thing this that this generation that's like just super common yeah all the like going to be something that's just going to be added from the get-go cross progression is something i feel we're going to have to fight for this, like all xbox play anywhere titles have cross progression <laughs> like it's super yeah. common in the expert xbox ecosystem but yeah, just yeah it looks, it looks good the, the screenshots are good it looks better like i feel like it's starting to look better and better all the time yeah it looks amazing yeah. It looks really good. But they can release all the screenshots in the world. We need to see that E3 demo again. Yeah. I hope that's what they do at E3 this year. I hope that's what they come out with. Like, it's risky releasing the, the same, same thing demo. again, though. It is. It is. But I feel like... I feel like it shows balls. Like, that shows fucking confidence in your game. Hey, guys. Here's a brand new look at Halo Infinite. Bam, same trailer, but dialed up to 11. Looks fucking jaw-dropping. Holy fucking shit. And if anybody says it's the same thing, it just looks better, you just look them dead in the eye and say, isn't that what you fucking wanted? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. We just give you what you were asking for. You know what I mean? That, I think I think, I think, think what we're going to see from Halo at E3, we're going to get a new story trailer, brand new one, uh, not the same one, unfortunately, and I think we're going to see um, multiplayer gameplay. Well, they were meant to reveal that in August, so I'd hope it's ready by June. Yeah, I feel like... Um, that, but I feel like that's all we're going to get. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Story trailer. Boom, boom. And then um, multiplayer. Boom, boom. And then just the date the game's coming out. I don't think we're going to get a beta date. I don't think we're going to get any additional information on this thing at all. I think we're just going to get those two trailers and that's it. I don't think anybody's going to come out on stage and talk about it. I don't think there's going to be any real, like, extra information added. I just have this horrible feeling we're not going to get nothing because they're too scared to say a fucking word because of what happened last year. You might be right. You might be right. I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you treat it. Like, it nearly needs... It nearly needs that and then like some state of play love where it's like, we're just going to do a presentation on Halo for an hour. Watch it if you want. Yeah. 
that would be the perfect thing for it, I think, because then people who are diehard excited for this get to see it, get to talk about it, get to learn about it, and then the people who are just going to trash it could get their story trailer and everything at E3, and then they don't have to worry about it. They drop their content and they moved on, you know what I mean? Whereas everybody else who's clamoring for it can uh, get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way forward, I see, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then, and, and the other reason they need to do it is because these blog posts are awesome. Don't get me wrong, but we deserve a well-produced bit of like bit of reveal. You know what I mean? Like we oh, yeah. we deserve it. I don't know if to oh, say yeah. that. <laughs> no, you don't, and you're absolutely right. We're owed one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm gonna say it. Yeah, we're definitely owed one. Um, we'll keep the E3 talk going. There's there's some rumors around what Xbox is up to at E3. Yeah, lots of rumours, actually. And I don't know how many of them are true. They're just rumours at the moment. Do you want to riddle some off for us? Um, yes, that Xbox is going to come out on stage and they're going to have two new studio acquisitions. One is going to be something we're going to go, aha, we were right. And the second is going to be one that we're going to go, what the fuck, apparently. One, yeah, one's going to be like, if it's Sega, we're going to go, haha, called it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. if it's, it could, the other one is supposed to be a what the fuck moment. Like even more what the fuck than Bethesda, apparently. What what would be more what the fuck than Bethesda? I mean, don't get me wrong. If they brought Rockstar, you know, like let, 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 let's keep it within slightly okay. more real bounds than that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking they have to buy EA at that point. Nah, Konami. If they bought Konami, because there is the rumor that they're trying to set up deals with Konami and that they that they're getting exclusivity for like Metal Gear games and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, forward. with you then. Yeah, yeah. That is, if it be, turns out, it. exactly. If it turns out that this exclusive thing with Konami turns out to actually be the purchase of the studio or at least their gaming division, that could be fucking like that would make me go, what the fuck. Because then they've got Metal Gear, they've got Castlevania, they've got things that are primarily tied to PlayStation. Like, Metal Gear is a PlayStation <laughs> thing that people... Like, it's on Xbox, but Metal Gear has always been that game for the PlayStation 1. And, um, fucking, um, Castlevania is that... Castlevania is that game that people remember from, like... People remember Symphony of the Night. People remember Rondo of Blood very Sony Nintendo sort of like connections there not nothing really Xbox so if they turned around and had purchased Konami that could be pretty fucking what the fuck for me but I don't know if they would I don't know if they would the other thing about purchasing Konami though is like you know with every purchase I've done there's been that subset of people that are like you know worse off because of it or, or perceptionally worse off because of it you know whether it's like oh I love Skyrim and the sequel won't be on Playstation you know which is a valid like oh bummer um, so there's always something like that but the fact that Konami's not doing anything I feel like Xbox buying them even the most hardcore PlayStation person would have to be like hot damn we might get another X, Y and Z exactly and, because and at the end of the day it's yeah if, sorry go on or no, I was just going to say like if you're exclusively in one console ecosystem or the other Xbox is the easier one to get into so you know what I mean like I feel like it's a real win for the industry or at least fans of Konami products if Xbox was yeah. to get involved. Yeah, that's the thing. If Xbox do it, it's not them keeping things from other people. It's, it's them bringing them. back a studio. Yeah. yeah. And I think they need that. that haven't like, done anything. I'm not against any of their previous decisions in terms of like studios and, and games or whatever, but they, they need a win that's universally loved. They do. And I feel like that could be one. That could be one. 
Um, plus, then they've got a they've got access to a plethora of other games that they can just chuck straight on Games Pass, like the new Castlevania games that came out on like 360. Like they could go straight on Games Pass, backward back and back straight on. You know what I mean? Like it it could be it could be interesting. Whether or not it happens, I'll be I'll be shocked. Um, and like some of that sort of like sounds probable because Xbox is trying to get Hideo Kojima's next game like released on the Xbox Series X um, and I don't think it would be out of the rubber possibility for them to go hey would you also like to work on this Metal Gear game and that, I, I feel like Konami not being involved he would instantly jump back on it and try to finish what he started because like Metal Gear Solid 5 was sort Gee, that'd of move some units oh yeah Metal Gear Solid 5 was not finished so if they suddenly were like hey do you want to do like Metal Gear Solid 6 and finish what you started I feel like they would probably everyone would probably go oh yeah fuck yeah let's go for it because like Metal Gear Solid 5 has an ending and there's like there's like a special features disc in the collector's edition that has the actual ending and it's sort of like (laughs) yeah you could tell that it was sort of broken which is sad for like what was supposed to be his like swan song for Metal Gear if they yeah. give him another shot I feel like he'd jump on it I feel like he would jump on it which would be super cool and what, yeah. and I know you said Sega but like is there any other studios that you think could be could be wrapped up in this so I feel like if there's two studios purchased I think they're both Japanese yeah that's what right I think yep. I think they're both Japanese studios and I think this is really going to be the first in many sort of things going over the next couple of the first in many sort of attempts in the next couple of years for Xbox to finally properly break into the Japanese market I feel like having two Japanese developers on board developing Japanese anime uh, JRPG style games for like the Xbox is such a smart move especially since like they own Bethesda and like they could just start dropping like such cool collaborations between so many of their studios like could you imagine like a like a fucking Elder Scrolls game made by a Japanese studio that drops like that could be so cool imagine giving Mm. them an IP from one of their bought studios and like here make this game and that could be super cool or giving them sort of like an older Xbox IP or something like that that would be cool I think that would be we need to see some stuff like that though from Xbox game studios just to sort of validate all this investment like you know the, these studios in their own right all have legacies and and are all amazing but like what's actually shipped under xbox game studios nothing i don't think has grounded come out yet it's in early access um i've had a couple of little uh, things with dlcs or whatever but yeah, maybe yeah gears i can't 5. think of anything uh yeah gears 5 yeah coalition yep gears 5 would be that but that was like i don't know i don't want to devalue what they've done they've obviously done amazing but like that that's a given regardless of the investments they did everywhere else like coalition's obviously a great studio that's Um, why i feel like x i think xbox's press conference presentation whatever it is this year i think it's going to be a banger i think we're going to get like boom starfield boom yeah Um, we've been saying it for years though that's the problem I know, but I kind of feel like because <laughs> yeah. Bethesda want Bethesda want Starfield out by the end of 2021. They don't really? want it to go any longer. They want but it out by the end of 2021. Exactly. So why not fucking drop it? No Bethesda press conference. Drop all Bethesda announcements. Drop all Xbox Game Studios announcements. 
in the one oh, press they, conference. They would be silly to split the press conferences. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, I, the thing, the Bethesda press conferences are gone. Sad day. They were great conferences. Went to one. It was a lot of fun. But, like, legit. If you start with fucking Starfield and end with Perfect Dark or fucking something oh. else they've probably got in the pipeline. Like, the fact that they own Bethesda, you could pepper some sh- cool shit. Hey, everybody, here's the first trailer, like, the first proper trailer for fucking Elder Scrolls Six. You know, pep it in between fucking shitty games. You know what I mean? You could chuck a couple of shit games in there. But mm. if, you, if you're dropping Starfield, which they want out by the end of 2021, Elder Scrolls Six, fucking Perfect Dark, fucking um, Halo Infinite, Fucking the teaser for the next Gears game. Like, that's been a while since Gears new 5. Forza Horizon. Like, the new Forza. Imagine that. Imagine that fucking conference, that presentation. New Fable. we got to be on the on, on for, a, like, a proper fucking reveal of Fable. Everwild would be due for an update. True, that would be as well. This would be a banger there, conference. There's some good shit in the pipeline. Hellblade 2. Like, oh, fucking Hellblade 2. I can't wait for that. I... I See, this is this is why we stand by him because the potential is just running down the down the street. You know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. a whole river just going down the road. Like there's just so much of it, but we just we just haven't seen anything yet. I know, but I know, I know. But you gotta imagine Bethesda for before they were purchased said that they were having Starfield come out before the end of twenty twenty one. They've said it this year that they wanted out before the end of twenty twenty one. We know Elder Scrolls has been worked on for quite some time. We know they're going to be close to having some sort of information. Starfield Fucking Perfect is- Dark has been announced. We should, we've should we gotten a cinematic trailer. We should get some That's sort of gameplay trailer. and or proper trailer like explaining the story. You know what I mean? Look at Forza. We know there's a Forza coming. We know it's coming really soon because it's coming out on both original Xbox One and Series X. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? Nope. What was the one that's coming out on both? There's a racing game coming out on both. No, there's a racing game coming out on both. Not from Microsoft. Dirt did. Maybe Dirt's what I'm thinking of. Dirt came out, didn't it? No, yeah, because that was the thing. Because they said, oh, everything in 2021 is coming out on Xbox One and Xbox Series X. And then Forza didn't have an Xbox One logo. And they said, oh, does that mean it's not coming out in 2021? And they were just like, no, it can yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe Dirt's what I'm thinking of. I can't Dirt believe Dirt's already in Game Pass. That's crazy. Well, man, if 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 they've got all this shit to announce, I'm gonna need a fucking Games Pass scissor reel in the in the middle, just so I can catch my fucking breath and go take a piss. Because like this is gonna <laughs> like destroy me. <laughs> the the rumor about Battlefield Six on Game Pass. I know we talked about it last week, but I just want to mention like I can't believe we're even talking about it. Like it could happen. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. I hope so. That'd be amazing. I just love Plus that all these rumors. acquisitions is all for Game Pass. Like, there's literally nothing else to give a fuck about. And not even kidding, the day after we talk about Battlefield 6, the rumor mill drops fucking all that stuff about Battlefield 6, about location, setting, and all that fun stuff. So, must have we should get a reveal. Yeah, yeah hang on. I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. Um, it's... Um, I know we covered something last like, week to do with location. Excuse me. It's like set in 2030. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Battlefield 6 set in Euro-Asia in 2030 includes 13 maps designed around 128-player conquest. 
It's free to play Battle Royale mode is targeted for launch in March of 2022. And we're apparently getting a teaser in the coming weeks. Which makes sense because uh, somebody went back and seen the reveal date for the last three Battlefield games and two of them were revealed within was, was either this week or next week and the other one was revealed next month. Okay, so yeah, it's going down. It's going down. It's, it's, it's like it's around the corner. I'm excited. I hope they don't fuck it up. <laughs> I hope they don't fuck it up either. Like, it's... it's It would be... Yeah. I mean, 2030... Like that's that that was one of my things. I'm like, is it going to be set now or in 2030 something? 2030 doesn't bother me. It's close enough that they don't go too far. You know what I mean? Like they can't yeah, go too yeah, far. They, they could still keep it quite grounded for sure. And I, yeah. and I think, yeah, yeah. No, let's 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 not go down that rabbit hole. I got, I got yep, one cool. more one more thing I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, and I thought we should bring it up on the podcast. Um, you mentioned before about. Um, the rumor about Call of Duty this year. Yes, that the so this has hit the internet today. Um, the, there's, you know, it's a 4chan post. The only real credibility it has is the person who leaked it has had some credibility leaking things in the past that have become fact. But from what the leak suggests, that um, basically what this leak suggests is that Activision CEO listens to our podcast and heard every <laughs> idea we had last year. And thought, hey, um, everybody should listen to this podcast. It's really good. Let's let them run the company because it sounds like they're canceling Call of Duty for this year, and they are taking a year off, and they are putting all of their everybody basically uh, onto um, Warzone and releasing Modern Warfare Two Remastered multiplayer. So that's something. And they will also be releasing a teaser for Modern Warfare 2, the sequel to Modern Warfare Reboot. Wait, so they'll, they'll tease that game this this year? Because that's coming out in 2022. You know, you know what infuriates me the most about this? Is that... They should have done it last year? Yeah, like we, we've been saying delay a COD, delay a COD, like as in... If you delay this COD to next year, it gives an extra year of development, right? But if we just cancel this year's COD and release next year's COD on on schedule, we're not gonna we're not gonna feel the effects of a COD with an extended development cycle for like another four or five years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, and the big thing about this rumor that I think is very interesting is the reason why they're doing it. Oh, is because at this reason. stage of development on Vanguard or whatever it was codenamed, uh, there is no working multiplayer. Oh, shit. There is no multiplayer. They have spent the majority of their time working on campaign and uh, porting assets from World War Two into the new engine. Oh, no, because the, the, the multiplayer... Like, don't get me wrong... <laughs> The multiplayer is way more important. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, and it also sounds like Sledgehammer, because of this, are now permanently a support studio again. Like, they are... Yeah, you can't fuck caught up. Oh, my God. They're, they're done, I guess. Yeah, they are now supporting Warzone and uh, Treyarch and Infinity Ward on multiplayer. They do not make their own COD anymore after this. That's, that's it. So, I, I assume that Raven will be porting the Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer 
the quickly remastered one very fast, uh, which is fine. They've done it before with Modern Warfare, and they poured it. They they did that brilliantly. Um, but yeah, Sledgehammer will now support Warzone while they do that, and then um, we're going to get a teaser for Modern Warfare Two. I don't know if it'll be E three or maybe around Modern Warfare Two remastered multiplayer time. Um, yeah. And when Modern War and the other rumor is when Modern Warfare Two multiplayer drops, weapons weapons and certain aspects from that multiplayer will be added to Cold War and Warzone. Of course, of course, yeah. So keep Cold War going for another year and keep. Uh, imagine that calling up Treyarch and saying, "Hey, you know that year cycle we got you on? Yeah, you got another year. Good luck hanging up the phone." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, shit, <laughs> man. The, the thing is, they sh- oh, we've talked about this so much. They should have delayed Cold War a year because Modern Warfare had another year in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, we literally had this same conversation this time last year. One hundred percent said, "Skip this year, crazy year. Modern Warfare can hold out. Don't release a COD game that's half baked." What happened? They released a half baked COD game, right? And then they can't Switch release hammer. a quarter baked COD game. They, Sledgehammer have nothing as far as I'm concerned. They're porting assets in fucking the fucking... What is it? What are we in? April? April? And they're supposed to drop a game in fucking November? Not happening. It was the fact that Activision are only thinking about doing it now. Plus, this is all rumor. For all we know, they have got a multiplayer on the go. This is just rumors. But, like, if this turns... Out, like, if they come out next week and, like... If they come out next week after a Battlefield reveal and say no COD this year, people are going to go, oh, Battlefield got them scared. You know what I mean? Like, this is just going to start probably more better shit. probably getting ahead of it, yeah. Absolutely. If, if we need to know, now is the time to know. But, yeah, it's it's disappointing. I think the best course of action going forward, and, and I said this as well, they need to just, like, give Raiden, Ra- Raven multiplayer, okay? Now, everybody stick with me. Do it in the modern warfare engine with the modern every warfare time. movement and the modern warfare thing every single time, every single year. Drop a campaign, and then have Raven drop new maps, new weapons monthly, into Call of Duty, and just call it Call of Duty Online. Do you know what I mean? Just do the China thing, have Call of Duty Online, and just have your studios release a kick-ass baller campaign every single year. That could be a way to make money. You can sell your battle passes. You know what I mean? Modern Warfare 3 drops. It hasn't got multiplayer. It's 40 bucks. Let's say it's 50 because games are going up. Drop it for 50. Drop the campaign for 50. Buy the campaign and the battle pass. 50 bucks together. All the weapons are going to be unlocked into Call of Duty Online. Bam. Make it free to play. Drop battle passes every fucking three months or whatever it is. Have battle passes themed around the newest game release. There you go. Oh, they're eventually going to run out of guns. Yes, they're going to run out of guns. But if they keep dropping maps, put maps into rotation, come up with different campaign stuff, come up with different game modes, you can just keep going. You know what I mean? The Battle Royale's there. Incorporate the Battle Royale into Call of Duty Online. Don't have Warzone be separate anymore. Make it a part of online, you know? There's so many ways they could tackle this and so many ways they could keep building it up and adding to it and making it better. By the end of the day, they're money-hungry motherfuckers and they're not going to do that because it's probably going to cost them more money than it's worth. Uh, what are you to fuck this up? I mean, I feel sorry for Sledgehammer, man. Yeah. They just want to make a good... They just want to make a good game. I want to find out more about the Sledgehammer Melbourne. Like, 
I'm guessing they're just a support studio. Well, they but definitely like, are now. But like, Activision supports, like, like, the, like, Activision's investing in Sledgehammer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that probably wraps up wraps up the episode on that sour note. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Sledgehammer. Hmm. It's going to be a better note to end that on. It's got to be a better note to end that on. Uh, uh, there was a state of play, Ratchet and Clank gameplay. I haven't watched it yet. Apparently, it looks very good. Uh, Jack watched it. He said that it was okay. Better note to end on. You're welcome, everybody. Okay. No, no. The Ratchet and Clank stuff is awesome. Oh, I meant the state of play, like, all Oh, uh, no. I just, uh, I just find him... I don't know. They're just, they're just not for me. It's, it's nothing personal against State of Play. Like, I don't like Nintendo Directs that much either, to, to be quite frank. So, I, I think it's just the concept. Um, I think I'm just hard to please, though. I don't, I don't think they should try and change anything just for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I appreciated that it was quick. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, Rajan and Clank looks phenomenal. Like, I think the way they talk about it is a little bit on the nose, just because it's like a first true gen, next-gen title. So, they're a bit like we're loading a whole world and it's like you don't have to <laughs> like you just load in a room <laughs> like like why they better be careful with that because yeah. I remember back in the day when they revealed Knack and they were all like look at Knack build himself with all these particle effects and everything and then Knack came out and nobody give a fuck nobody cared about Knack Knack <laughs> died after the second one I miss Knack people care about this Lombax though you know what I'm saying Oh fuck yeah, he's he's important. The game looks beautiful though, like holy shit. Like there's there's some moments in that game in particular like that they showed off that just look like there was one moment in particular I'm like, oh gee, give Cyberpunk a run for its money. Oh really? Oh man, I need to watch this thing. Yeah. I'm gonna do reacts for YouTube everybody. And right, it sounds, sounds like good. I'm gonna I'll be no fucking more. reacting. Yeah, sounds oh, good. Now sounds I'm excited. Good. I'm excited now. What a Dang. good moment to end the podcast on. What a great way. Great. That was great, Jack. Thank <laughs> you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. I love having you here. Tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and such. Uh, Jack7G, spelled out in letters. That's me. There you go. Everywhere. That's, check out his Instagram. Give him a follow. He does some great photos. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for me, I don't know where you would be, but if you are... You can just head over to at Aussie Lag over on Twitter or you can just go to Aussie Lag Gaming over on YouTube and links to everything, the Discord, Twitch, socials, it's all there. Click on whichever one you're looking for, you find me, you can start fights with me about Falcon and the Winter Soldier or we can sit there and talk about Vin Diesel. Me and him have had a thing in the past. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, we'll probably be back next... Well, we will definitely be back next Friday. We're probably going to be talking about you know, probably going to be talking about the news of the week. Plus, I think I want to talk about Pokemon Snap because that released today and I'm very excited about it and I'm probably going to have a sort of like first impression. So I'm very excited about talking about that. Nice. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, as always. And until next time, may your games be good ones and we will catch you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.